Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the No Balls Cricket Podcast. That's right, we are two in a row for not fucking up in Cricket. <laughs> we've got uh, it. That is, we've got it. That is the one-time only respected journalist, the club cricketer, the university cricketer, etc 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 who's currently who's currently injured injured cricketer there you go. injured club cricketer that's his name <laughs> currently on the shelf um <clears throat> yes i'm the supposedly out of work journalist um i think that's going to stick i i don't think i'm going to make it respected <laughs> journalist anymore anyway my name is sadan pradhan that is aditya devrat um in case you don't know who he is He's an idiot, yes. but that's a different story. Um, Takes him a moment. This is episode thirty-four. Right, we're gonna head straight into the roundup. Yes. Uh, so last time around, we had just ended with the uh, women's Ashes Test match that had ended with a thrilling draw. The uh, ODI series also went the way of, or not also, but went the way of Australia. Australia actually went the entire. Like whole series and you know T20s, Test match, ODIs, all included without losing a single game. Um, that also because two of the T20s got rained out. But uh, yes, so they went undefeated, retained the Ashes. Um, you know, the, the, I guess that's just the summary of England and Australia men's or women's cricket in recent. I mean, times. I mean, both bowling attacks basically destroyed the Indian uh, the English batting, other than in the Test match, which is ironic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that was the England Australia uh, women's Ashes. Uh, on uh, another note for women's cricket, India were playing against New Zealand today. They ended up losing the only T20I of that series. Um, they sort of stumbled to 130 for eight in response to New Zealand's 155. Yeah, that's been slightly controversial because of the, some of the selections. You know, Jemima Rodriguez didn't get picked, basically. So, which everyone has been up in arms about. Um, And 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 isn't going to be in the World Cup squad, but uh, I think otherwise in the roundup we've just got we're we're half, halfway through or two ODIs through the India men's series against the West Indies. Um, so basically, that no series India won. You can just say that. Yeah, to, to no one's surprise, India are two nil up. To, to yeah, to no one's surprise. And I think I think my two one prediction is not looking good because I can't see West Indies winning again. They had the easiest chance of winning a game today. They literally were only chasing. Two thirty-six or whatever it was, and and yeah, just blew it. Well, I mean that's but, not new. But you, but you have to uh, eat some eat some words about Mr. I Kupi. may have to eat my words. What did I call him? An upgrade on Venkatesh Prasad. I'm not even sure if you called him an upgrade on Venkatesh Prasad. Or if you just said he's like a modern modern day Venkatesh Prasad. But anyway, we will uh, maybe when we do our India West Indies roundup, we, you can you can sort of do a full blown apology to him. Yeah, I, I, I must. He was fantastic today. Picked up four for twelve. Basically destroyed the West, and that too in eight overs. Basically destroyed the West Indian batting. Um, they also lost the first ODI after uh, India managed to chase down one seventy six, I believe. Yeah, it was a small chase, which um, for which the only real talking point was that Virat Kohli came in, hit a four, hit another four, then got out. And everyone was like, "Oh my God, is there something seriously wrong with him now? What is this innings?" 
I mean, I think people just. I think there's too much emphasis on Kohli. I think everyone needs to just chill. <laughs> people need to chill. Yes. Yeah. People uh, need to chill. Yeah. We will. We will have an India West Indies roundup once the T Twenty series is is, is done. Is, so we'll talk about Kohli then. Yeah. We'll talk about this. This experiment with Rishabh Pant opening that was probably just a one-game thing today. Yeah, but, I don't know uh, what the hell yeah. that was about, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm to be, need to talk about that. We, yes. we, we will talk about Pant later. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so <clears throat> that's basically the roundup. Have I missed out on anything? I don't think so. Yes, that is the roundup. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I think we will launch into the rest of our episode. <laughs> So onto the meat of the episode. Two things to discuss. Number one, um, England have announced their squad for the West Indies Test series. Now, bear in mind, England have not won a Test series in the West Indies since two thousand and four. That is a long time to be losing to a shit team. A long time. Okay. <laughs> Number one. Number two. That would not make this squad for any other reason except for what has actually happened in the squad. Right, but we will get to that. The second part of it, obviously, is the response, um, in particular, to Australian cricket and the resignation of their coach Justin Langer. Yeah, we uh, the Justin Langer thing. I don't know. I maybe we owe him an apology. I think yeah, we we will figure this out. But we'll figure that out as we go along. Anyway, um, right. So on to the English part of the England Australia meet, or is it a meet cute? Can I call it that? <laughs> um, right. Because <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, basically, the big, 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 big news there is that uh, James Anderson and Stuart Broad have been arrested slash dropped. Who knows? I th- officially, I, I think they haven't mentioned anything about arresting them, but they're not taking Broad and Anderson to the West Indies. There's been a lot of chatter actually in the English media about whether this is the end of Broadnanderson. Um, Nasir Hussain has come out uh, first thing and said that do they really have the hunger for a comeback now after this? Um, All I care about is if this is the end, please make it the end right now. I just do not want to face James Anderson in the Manchester rain in June or July or whenever we're playing that stupid one-off test match of the series we've already won. That's it, Birmingham. There's going to be no rain. Birmingham, whatever. English rain, man. It's England. There's rain all the time. That's also true. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, some interesting selections, actually. Um, they decided to just jettison all of the openers. Here's a squad on your screen so you guys get a good idea of what the hell has been going on. Um <laughs> I'm just going to pull it up as well so that we have a proper sort of look through yes, everything. Yes, we can refer to it. Some big, some big uh, notes there is that David, David Milan has been dropped, um, which I think was a surprise for a lot of people. But honestly, I think his the performances or, or you know, like his standing was, I think, a little bit overblown. He had like, I know he had three or four good innings at the end of the India series and at the beginning of the Ashes, but it's not like he so there was no reason for him to be like sort of set in stone as a as a number three batsman there. Well, they've taken the bold decision to move Joe Root up to number three or so they say. Um yeah. so what that's that's what that's meant is they have dropped all of the openers slash number three, except for Zach Crawley. Um 
So basically, Hamid burns gone. Sibley, of course, was gone before the ashes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and Alex Lees is in. Alex Lees is in, who's apparently done rather well um, for Durham for since Durham. he moved from since he moved there from Yorkshire. So he's done rather well. Um, he is, however, a lot older than people think. He's twenty eight. So there's not much room for improvement. If there isn't, if if he starts off slowly, there isn't much room for improvement. But having said that, you only have to look at Andrew Strauss's career to have a sort of idea of yeah. what can happen. I, maybe they're just going the you know because because every time England lose to Australia in an Ashes series, then the next step is to copy what Australia do. And since Australia have this old habit of like. 30, 32-year-old, 35-year-old debutants. England are like, okay, we, we will also have some older debutants in our side. Yeah, so that happened when Australia were the number one test side in the world and it was like literally World War Three to get into the team. But you know this is true. All England, England's response to every Ashes loss is to figure out what Australia does and how we can do it too. Yeah, because England ran out of original ideas in 1880. They haven't had one since. We, I mean, we, we kind of have to give some credit to Owen Morgan and, and what's happening in the limited over setup. But yeah, for tests, tests, you're absolutely right. I mean, even there, even in the ODIs, they kind of copied other people. They basically copied India's top three. That was their idea. They, they effectively took the West Indies model for limited overs for T20 cricket and applied it to applied it to ODIs. Yeah. So again, but not anyway. an original idea. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, the other interesting ones in the squad: Josh Butler's been dropped. That, that is a proper yeah. dropping. Yeah. Um, so Ben Folks is in. Ben Folks is in, but that's expected along lines. Um, Folks is a decent yeah. uh, batsman, as well as being a top-notch wicketkeeper. I think still probably best in the world. Who knows? But a very good wicketkeeper either way. Um, other than that, they've kept Ollie Pope. Dan Lawrence is still in the squad. But it's in the bowling that the real interest comes in. Um, Chris Wokes, Craig Overton, and Mark Wood have managed to keep their places, as has bizarrely Jack Leach. Um, they don't have a spinner. That's the problem. Well, they, they have a spinner who's done rather well in uh, county cricket that they've added in. His name is Matty Parkinson. Okay, let, let me put it this way: they, had, they, they don't have a ex, they don't have a spinner that they trust with test experience. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how Parkinson does if he gets a board. Do you know, do you know if uh, Adil Rashid was playing test, still playing test cricket, he would have been in the squad. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, the other interesting ones, obviously, um, no, no, Broden Anderson. That's eleven hundred and seventy wickets that are yeah. not there to tour a country. As shit as the West Indies may be, and let's not make any bones about it. They are not a very good side. But they are they are a very good they are a very good side at home in Tess. And the last yeah, series they that been... they played at the last series that they played at home, they basically got destroyed by South Africa. But the last time they played England, they destroyed England. And and like you don't expect Yeah, but that's my point. The West Indies us are, are a very poor test side. For England to be serious about test cricket. They need to win a series in the West Indies before they can move on to anything else. Because otherwise, Alzari Joseph, Jason Holder, um, there was a whole bunch of redemption arcs in the last uh, test series that they played in the Caribbean. And it was just brilliant to watch. England just got absolutely ruined in the first test and the second test. And they were basically, I think, one 
poor spell from Mark Wood away from being white, being blackwashed or whitewashed, whatever you want to call it, in the West Indies. Yeah, um, pretty much. <clears throat> pretty much. Um, Matthew Fisher is the other new one, along with Sakib Mahmood. Both of them are uncapped um, quicks. So it's an interesting squad. I mean, but I would like to see Sakib Mahmood get a get a get a chance to just be. And tried he out should, and and he should, because I think he's far more. He's a far more exciting prospect to me than either of Chris Wokes, Greg Overton, or even Ollie Robinson from them. For that matter, I'm not saying Robinson's done, Robinson's done pretty well in Test cricket since he's come onto the scene, but I think Sakib Bamud and even the new guy Matt, Matt Fisher has done reasonably well in county cricket. So I think he's a. They're both probably better prospects um, as compared to the, the sort of existing three. But but. I have a feeling that this squad has been created with one single aim, singular aim in mind. Do you know what it is? Go on. You realize that they have three cricketers named Folks, Stokes, and Wokes. <laughs> the the dream eleven is is officially on. That is not a sponsorship thing, by the way. That is that is literally us saying. <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, we don't mind. Yeah, I am literally just using the phrase Dream Eleven, but yes, if, if Dream Eleven does want to sponsor, please, please, yeah, we'll please take whatever please, money we can get. Our handles at the bottom of the page and our email address is novoscricketpodcast at gmail dot com. Yes, please get in touch. Um, please um, get in touch. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, Stokes, Folks, and Wokes, That's gonna be that's. You know, every commentator is just gonna have a lot of fun just talking about this. Listen. Thank the Lord that Murli Kartik is not on this bloody broadcast. <laughs> yeah, but you listen. Can you just just? I'm sure Ian Bishop is gonna love saying saying this at some point in time. Can I tell you what's gonna happen? Can I, can I just? This is what's gonna happen. The West Indies are yeah. going to get very very upset at the fact that Broad and Anderson aren't playing, and decide that for the one series a year where they decide to like really truly show us how to play Test cricket. Um, they will come out all guns blazing. England will probably get knocked over for a double-digit score, and then pretty much with the world moves on, yeah. just like last time. I mean, also, I mean that that pace attack of Holder, Gabriel, and Kimar Roach, it's going to trouble. <laughs> you're second. forgetting. You're also forgetting. There's a man named Jaden Seals in there, so that is not a that is not a wishy-washy kind of fast bowling lineup, which is what England's is. Well, if the debutants come through, who knows? Um, yeah. But that's going to be very. That's going to be an interesting test series. But main point of focus: Broad and Anderson. Where do they go from here? I mean, the Broad thing is is especially interesting because they didn't really use him that well in uh, in Australia. I think there were a couple of tests where he probably would have been. He should have been in the eleven. And I get you know at that age you're trying to manage loads and whatnot. But he himself was pretty upset at not playing more in, in Australia. And given that. The bowling in general wasn't that great. He probably could, had a you know deserved to get more chances there. So I think Broad is kind of and it's been like this for a while, but I feel like he's kind of coming towards the end of his career anyway. Anderson spoken about like you know if he stays fit and committed, he wants to play on into his. Hang on, hang on. First of all, I don't agree that Broad is anywhere near the end of his career. The guy's got legs in him. He doesn't play any other format. Remember that. I'm not. Hang on. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I think England are close to being done with. Him. 
there are two different things i don't think he, i'm not saying he's got nothing left i just feel like he's he's definitely been phased out he's played a lot less cricket even compared to anderson over the last year year or so when it comes to tests anderson no, on the other hand he supposedly has a goal of playing into his 40s or thinks that it could be possible at the very least i mean the way he's bowling is very possible and very rightly so i think nasir hussain put it this way he said that it would be a different story if they weren't performing but both of them are probably performing better than every other english bowler currently there and oh yeah absolutely. to be honest to be honest you go back to broad's comment at the end of the ashes what the hell can the bowlers do if you have 150 on the board yeah absolutely so, i this there no one's really gotten into it but there's been a lot of sort of sniping and uh, uh, sort of like this undercurrent of of tension and comments going on between joe root and and the bowlers because like joe root has said something about oh, the bowlers have missed their lengths or whatever and then the bowlers have come back and said well dude what do we what do you expect you guys have only put 150 on the board we're not going to be able to defend that um yeah that no one really picked up on that cuz they were just shit overall that the, that some of these things flew under the radar yeah i mean just just the shambles that the indian england test team is at, in at the moment yeah um but i will say this andrew strauss had one big has had two big restructures in his career he took over when the whole kevin peterson peter moss fiasco happened took over as captain him and andy yeah. flab basically built the best test team in the world for a good large number of years um, yeah and it all started it all let me go back it all started by losing in the west indies they rolled over <laughs> yeah jerome taylor jamaica england getting bowled out for 53 if you guys haven't seen highlights of that one inning please do it's just it 53 i feel like it was like 47 or 49 or something but it anyway was 50, it was 50 it was 53. super 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 low score yeah it was 53 anyway point being it started with them losing that test series um against a very okay west indies team um but they went from there to becoming the world's best test team um and the second restructures restructuring that andrew strauss did was when he in his first go around as whatever chief executive or director or whatever the fuck you want to call him i don't know man what do they call him what is the official title i i think it is a uh, it 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 is ma- managing director at the moment no is it managing director i thought it was director of cricket anyway um yeah. semantics aside The first time he went around in that merry-go-round, he basically revamped England's white ball team. So he's yeah, clearly done after, it before. Yeah, yeah, and that that came right after they had that embarrassing 2015 World Cup where they didn't get out of the group stages, and then of course you know the results are there. They they instantly and also one thing to remember, <laughs> one of the biggest things he did at that time was drop Broad and Anderson from the limited over squads. So that's very true. That is very true. Later they won a World Cup. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's an interesting one. Um, finishing notes on this little bit of our um, uh, this chunk of the meat. Um, <laughs> the Joe Root thing is interesting. Um, yes, I did. The Joe Root thing is interesting because I remember I joked to you. It's like, oh man, can you imagine? you like someone has just gone to Joe Root and said hey Joe you I've, you know you've had one of the greatest years in in our cricketing history batting at number 4 but guess what we're going to put you back to number 3 that it seemed like but it turns out at least according to what Andrew Strauss has said that Joe Root came to them and, say, and said that the best thing for the England side is if i bat at number 
he's struggled there. I mean, in general, it's been a every England number three has struggled, and it's not been a the greatest period for Test batting high up in the order anyway. But apparently, this is a responsibility he's wanted to take, and that's that's an interesting one. Right. So that is how we end this chunk of the meet. Now we go to beyond meet. Um, <laughs> give me a well, you know, you give me a hook, and I'm on it. Um, uh, so in the Beyond Meat segment, Beyond Meat, if you want to sponsor us, Ajam, you're welcome. Um, <clears throat> Justin Langer being sacked by, well, not sacked, resigning from as coach of Australia. Yeah. Well, I, which is, the timing is weird, right? Because it's it comes on the back of a T20 <laughs> World Cup that I had never done before in, in the 15, 14 years that the T20 World Cup had existed. And then, of course, another Ashes series that was basically a few balls away from being a whitewash. I just had a thought. Um, do you realize if James Anderson never plays Test cricket again, the abiding memory of his last Test match will be him blocking out a Steve Smith ball to save it? <laughs> and the abiding, mem- the abiding memory of the Broad-Anderson partnership is Broad telling Anderson how to bat and Anderson bat. saying, dude, I know. <laughs> 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 All jokes aside. So, Lango um, is an interesting one. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of sort of, I wouldn't say barracking, but some like kind of frostiness between the players and his, his style yeah, of Yeah, this coaching. has been simmering for a while. This has been simmering yeah. for a while. And, you know, he, obviously, he took over, you know, it took over from, uh, a, at a fairly rough period for Australian cricket and everyone had bad memories of Darren Lehman at the time because that had just been, Cricketing success it's aside, you know, there had been a lot of questions about uh, about Australia's cricketing culture. Um, and it had been, like, I think for a year or so, probably even longer, there had been a lot of talks about how the Australia side, the players weren't really happy with uh, Langer's, you know, way of coaching. And that that's kind of finally boiled over. In fact, it did boil it over even earlier. And, and you know, effectively, Langer had to be, had to adjust and be told that, dude, chill, chill out. And... That's why he stayed on for an, an extra few months. But look, what it's done is it's instilled an amazing work ethic amongst these Australian players, and you can see it. There have been some serious results. I mean, you look at any of the fast bowlers, not saying they weren't good fast bowlers before, but Pat Cummins has just gone to another level. Starks improved oh, yeah, in sure. test cricket. Josh Hazelwood. You look at Scott Boland coming in, admittedly, against a pretty shit England team. Um, but you look at the improvements made by Jai Richardson as well. Um, and you think back to they've won a World T20. I mean, Matthew Wade is a, as a cricketer has no right to be anywhere near. <laughs> and there he is winning them a, a World T20 semi-final. Uh, yeah. In and other news, he's also listed his uh, IPL ba- uh, IPL base price at uh, two crores, and everyone's just laughing. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> don't worry, Virat Co- Virat Kohli loves Australians. He's coming to us. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, um, wait, Kohli's not captain but, of RCB anymore. I think, but listen, he's not officially captain, but you know, you think he's not going to be an influential person in option strategy and whatnot. Come on, who the fuck knows? Anyway, um, <laughs> but I mean, well, I mean, honestly, I don't know what to make of this whole situation. I'm a little confused by it because here on one on the one side, I'm seeing a sort of high performing coach do really well, and Langer's got a track record of doing really well. 
um, wherever he's coached Western Australia with the Australian national team as well, um, both Scorchers as well. Um, so you look at it and you think, is something like something has to be drastically wrong for a coach to decide that I'm resigning? Yeah, it's it's interesting because a lot of people have been talking about you know how he has like a fairly intense style of coaching and that that can wear down on people and we've seen that across sports like we you know we you and I especially seeing that in football we know how some intense managers can just effectively burn a team out even if they do a really good job um but pat cummins statement says you know intensity was not the issue we loved uh, justin langer's intensity um there's also been the whole back and forth in the media i think australia the the former players in australia probably just have too much access to to you know being aired getting to air their views like mitchell johnson just completely slating pat cummins for i god knows what reason uh, so all of that shit has happened um yeah it's it's weird it's it's not it's really hard to understand what what the tension is between the two camps if you want to call them um <coughs> me. um I, i really don't know what to make of this situation anyway the point now goes to um well tamins's whole statement again was i i must say first of all kudos to him he makes the perfect statesman australian captain after the oh, he, i loved his statement i loved his statement it was it was a really like he hit all the notes and responded to everyone he had to while doing it in a very dignified manner without like you know sniping and and getting ugly yeah absolutely it was done in the most perfect sort of mellow tone but you know at a point was firm but not too firm yeah yeah um, exactly and he gets his point across where he's like it's not the intensity it's maybe the shellacking from you're getting from of uh, former players in parts of the media um obviously then there's the whole equation between Justin Langer the players and the and cricket australia who yeah let's be honest did not cover themselves in glory the last time they appointed a, a cricket captain so um i don't think i i'm not sure when the last time cricket australia has covered itself in glory but it, it's been a while they did i'll tell you when elite dishonesty when tim pain didn't cover himself acha yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> elite, um, elite elite dishonesty right uh the other sense i've gotten and I, and i've heard i've just caught a few sort of like shimmers of this from the like just journalist i won't say journalist <laughs> community but like just a few few of the people i read um there is a sense that justin langer's like obviously the in- intensity may not have been the issue but this whole he kind of became a stick of making it really uh like like a fake sort of patriotic thing where like okay you have to play for the baggy green like this is uh you know this is why it's so important etc and and pat cummins like dude we play for australia we know why it's important we we we're representing australia in cricket we understand the importance of that i think what the cricketers are looking for is more a slightly more hands off approach but approach where you're learning and and getting coached in certain ways whether it's uh tactics and strategies or whether it's like you know developing as a, as bowlers and that's happened but i feel like they think that's happened more thanks to the other specialist coaches rather than justin langer coming in with his whole like importance of baggy green uh mentality that that he feels like he needs to impart on the players the other thing is this comes just a few weeks <laughs> prior to their first tour of pakistan in what 24 years The last time they toured yeah. Pakistan was in 1998. Um, the last thing that any Australian did of note was Mark Taylor uh, hitting a triple century 
in Pakistan. Um, so right. it's been that. I mean, some people who are watching this podcast will ask me who the fuck is Mark Taylor. They won't even remember him. <laughs> um, so it comes at a very odd time in in Australian cricket. Remember, they have two two subcontinental tours um, lined up coming up. Um, yeah, and it should be a very interesting time. Um, Pakistan obviously is going to be a pretty stiff test. They're very good. Te- they're a very decent test side. Um, <clears throat> and in those conditions, God knows what you're going to get. Really, Pakistan is. Even I can't predict what conditions you're going to get. Pakistan, Pakistan's wild card because you'll get yeah. some dust bowls. You'll get. You'll also get Shahin Shah really steaming in on some on a really clean top or something. You know, don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, they have obviously announced. Anyway, that we'll cover that in a separate episode before the test series begins, um, because both those sports have been announced. Um, and. I don't know. It's just a weird merry-go-round now. Who's going to be the next coach of Australia? What's really going to happen? Well, at least in India, we have some sort of clarity as to who the next coach is going to be. In terms of, they're probably going to promote someone from within. With Australia, God knows what's yeah. going to happen. Um, yeah, I I think they might just continue with the with who they have uh, as the interim coach. Was it uh, Tim McDonald? I think. Uh, yeah, Andrew McDonald. Stepping- Andrew McDonald. Uh, sorry, Andrew McDonald. Yeah, and and I think he's just gonna. He's probably he's just. I think the players like him, and and he probably just continues. Yeah, um, that could be an interesting. Well, who knows? Uh, it's a very weird situation. The one good thing though with Australia is they don't really have to worry about performance too much because they are performing at a decent level. Yeah, they are. I, think, I, I I believe I believe officially now they're the number one ranked side in Test cricket, all thanks to the to you know a few home tests. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, right. That is our beyond seg- me- beyond meat segment of our very meaty episode. Uh, now it's on to it's uh, time for dessert. Guess what dessert is? Our awards. Anyone? Anyone? It's my favorite segment of the show. Anyone? Anyone? Yes. No? I thought you said you don't want to do the build up anymore. Well, I had to do it for this one. It was it's dessert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair. It is Snowball's Cricket Awards. Uh, right. Do we have a, first of all, before we go on to the, the, the rest of the award segment, do we have another set of awards? Another set of awards, meaning? An actual no ball. Oh, I, an actual no ball wicket. Not that I uh, recall from any of these matches we talked about. None in the India-West Indies, I know that. Right, moving on. Um, <clears throat> we have to give our first Cricket Overlord Award. <laughs> you you want to explain this one? Because this is... Uh... This is a bit of a funny one. Um, so, Kevin Peterson tweeted saying, um, I love how most of the people who attack me about wanting county cricket to be franchised are from smaller counties. Just remember, even if you are from, say, Derbyshire, if you're good enough, you'll make it. And then someone in the comments has literally written, fans of smaller counties should simply let their clubs be removed from existence by cricket overlord KP. (laughs) And then, someone else has tweeted, for those asking if I'm taking on the role of cricket overlord, I'll only do it if the rhinos are saved. (laughs) So on that very Uh, happy note, he wins a flaming rhino. Um, not flaming Cheetos, a flaming rhino. And uh, Kevin Peterson, you are our first winner. 
of the Nobles Cricket Overlord Award because you are now our cricket overlord. I want to I want to give another <clears throat> a very a special uh, an honorable mention if you were. I think he also deserves an award for his reaction to the Justin Langer res- resignation. Because KP just complained about, oh, player power has gotten rid of the coach. What have we come to? I told you, he's our cricket overlord. No, but if anyone remembers what happened when KP was England captain, when he tried getting rid of a coach and failed. Yeah, and you know the worst bit? The second time that Peter Moss became coach, KP got removed. So, um, who's the problem there? Who knows? But the irony of that tweet was just delicious. Since we are in our dessert section, I, I thought we should mention that. It was delicious. Um, <clears throat> well played, sir. Um, and our sec- second award of the day is the mouth freshener or mukwas, if you will. Um, <laughs> this will really leave a very good taste in everyone's mouth. So, I'll let you have this one. Uh, the Rajasthan Royals one or, or, or the other one? Or the, is the other one a special one? Let's do the Rajasthan Royals one and then we'll come to us. Okay. So, oh, the other All one. Right. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, Rajasthan Royals tweeted very randomly. They, they tweeted, uh, you know, I kind of have to describe it for the audio version, but... Um, so basically, they put out a tweet, a highlight tweet of a particular shot. Someone going, someone hitting a six off of Lasit Malinga and basically hitting that ball from behind the stumps because you know he, his yorkers are so deep that you go really deep in your piece. And they came up with the captions like, "Oh, you'll remember this. This is going to be uh, one of your great best memories of." Uh, no, 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 that's not right. Yeah. The, the the caption that it came up with, if you remember this, your childhood was awesome. Yes, there you go. The, the exact words. And it is hang on. Tweet. Well, let me get to it. It is a random IPL game. I don't even remember who the batsman is. If you tell me who the batsman is on that clip, you guys win an award. I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember. The funny part is some people have pointed out and we're not sure about this yet, but it also might be from the same game where they they you know put up 190 or whatever it was and then lost that match in 15 overs. So, so yes. maybe not best to remind people of that game to begin with. I was at that match. It was a good cricketing memory for me. It, I also wasn't a child then, but sure, it was fun. Um, but also, oh, 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 also, 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 hang on. Do you, does the do the? I mean, how bad is their PR department? Like, really? They have just gotten absolutely slaughtered. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I have to reveal a little bit of a conflict in, of interest. I know a lot of people who work on the social media team at at RR, so I don't want to slate them too much. Um, but this is, the, yeah. The, the, speaking, I don't need to slate them so much because the, I think the people who replied to the tweet did it on their own because <laughs> they just so, started tweeting out every <clears throat> other good cricketing memory that they had and said, no, no, this happened during my childhood and this is why my ch- childhood. Oh no 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 no, no 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Let me correct you there. No one did that. I started no, that. Okay. I saw, I, I, you did that. <laughs> huh. I did that. Right. I did that because I was like, I want to take it a bit literally and just show them what yeah. they're really missing. Huh. Everyone else just basically lambasted them on Twitter. <laughs> they said, screw it. These guys have lost. Give us a better RR memory. Some old scorecards of Rajasthan getting caned. Um, 
all sorts of weird crap. Basically, what it proves to you is this, and this is why they win the Nobel's Cricket Award for shithousery on this episode. IPL teams, PR groups, just remember, don't take your fan base for idiots. We really aren't. No one cares. <laughs> um, generally, good strategy for social media, I think, and 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 in general. I mean, if you want to get uh, li- well, retweets. Let's not call them likes. Uh, if you want to get engagement, you can get engagement. Yeah, anyway. I guess you can get engagement anyhow. But so yes. that's only after that works. But do not mistake your audience for fools. Yeah, definitely don't do that. <clears throat> Speaking moving of, on to yeah. our, our 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 final award, though. I don't know Speaking what now fools? we've gotten. Speaking of fools, our final award okay. of the evening, and. This is how we're going what, to end. Discounts. Our, our mouths are fresh now also, so I don't know what, what this counts as. A shot of strong coffee, I guess. Um, <laughs> on that very happy note, um, the final award for this evening, believe it or not, is the Nobel's Cricket Curse of the Year Award. Which we are giving to ourselves. Hey! We so our so for some context... So for yeah. some some context, before what happened before, uh, back in like October, November, whenever it was, literally every single time we were recording, Virat Kohli was losing one form of captaincy. Then we recorded a couple more times, and someone from England was getting sacked. Whether it was Ashley Giles or Chris Silverwood, that's literally that's happened after each time we've recorded them. Then we go out and give the one award I never thought we'd be giving on this episode. Which is a Nobel's Cricket Spirit Award, of Cricket Award that we gave to Justin Langer. Guess what happened in the episode after after that? No, episode? no, wait, no, don't 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 debase it by calling it the Spirit of Cricket Award, man. It is the Nobel's Cricket Moral Compass Award. Moral Compass Award, chalo. But point being, what happened immediately after we released that episode? <laughs> Langer resigned. <laughs> um. So maybe, uh, maybe in a weird way, maybe we're the cricketing overlords. KP, come to us. Are we now? We have clearly are. We have this much of an impact on on cricketing events. We have caused Virat Kohli, Ashley Giles, Chris Silverwood, and now Justin Langer the jobs. On that very thoughtful note, it is time to end. Thank you very much for watching, and have a good week. Yes, uh, hope you enjoy listening and we will see you next time. If you're watching on YouTube, please remember to like, share and subscribe and hit the bell icon to remain notified of all our upcoming videos. And if you're listening to us on any of these audio platforms, we're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict and Pocket Casts as well.